to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer a heretic. I'm your host, Matthew J. DiStefano, and for the next hour, I'll be your Sherpa to nowhere in particular. Nowhere in particular. What's going on? Hey, everybody. It's episode seven. And do we have a good show for you? Well, let's ask the audience. Uh, that's a no, a resounding no. This is going to be a shitty one. Kidding. Kidding. I've got, uh, I've got Kyle Butler. I'm going to give him a call in just a couple minutes here. If you don't know Kyle Butler, you're going to want to check him out on social media. Go to kylelbutler.com. That's his website. See if what he's saying resonates. Listen to the episode. If you don't know who he is, listen to his, uh, his, his interview with me. And I think you're going to like him. I think you're going to enjoy him. So what's going on in the big, big bad world today? Uh, we still got fires here in uh, California. This is how bad it is, folks. Uh, there's, there was supposed to be a Giants and Mariners game up in Seattle. And it's so bad in Seattle that they moved the game to a day later and put it in San Francisco. And y'all remember those pictures from San Francisco? It looked like fucking... What's that movie? Blade Runner. Look like Mars, the Martian. That's San Francisco. So it's it's worse in Seattle. I don't know how, but it is. And it, it's just fucking nuts. It's fucking nutty. So again, to piggyback off last episode, climate change is real, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. So quit bullshitting around. Um, what else is going on? We've got uh, we've got about one month until the bonfire sessions autumn comes out. If you haven't picked up the bonfire sessions spring or summer, do that right now. Pause this stupid show and go over to Amazon or go over to the bonfiresessions.net and go buy it because it's only ninety nine cent. That's two books or booklets on Kindle for ninety nine cents. And in addition to that, while you're there, spend four or eight goddamn more dollars. And get Heretic and From the Blood of Abel. Those are also on Kindle for $3.99 each. $3.99. Are you out of your mind, Matt? Well, yes, I am. I'm a professor of word vomit who undercuts the market by selling my shit on the cheap. And I do that only because I have wonderful, wonderful Patreon supporters. If you would like to be a Patreon supporter, if you'd like to get bonus content and help me out, Go to patreon.com slash mjdistefano, D-I-S-T-E-F-A-N-O. Please, please just go give $1 a fucking month. That's it. That's all you got to do. If you want to give more, that's great. I have more tiers. You get more shit as you pay more. Uh, but it, it helps the show. It helps all the content I produce. It, it allows me to give away a bunch of stuff for free or on the cheap. So if you want to do that, please sign up, patreon.com slash mjdistefano. Now with that out of the way, let me pick up my cellular device and see if I can't get a hold of Mr. Kyle Butler. Hello? Kyle Butler, what's up, man? Hey, Matt, how you doing, buddy? 
Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for picking up. Thanks for giving me a little bit of your time. No problem, bro. No problem at all. How you, how you been doing? How you hanging in there? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you guys? We're, yeah, we're doing okay. We're still on fire in California, but um, this too shall pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully soon, right? Hopefully soon. Yeah, our fire season's supposed to end in maybe November, so um, hopefully we get rain before that, though. Yeah, it's kind of crazy hearing that fire season. Like, there's a whole season for this. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, we used to have uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And now we have like rainy season and fire season. So we're down to oh, two. Wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Fun. Real fun. Wow. Yeah. 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 That was a lot of fun. Yeah, whatever. What are you going to do? It's 2020. So it's just one more thing on the plate. Yeah, 2020. That's it. Yeah. So for, for those of my listeners who don't know, Kyle Butler, you are very active on social media. And honestly, like your approach is one of my favorites. Um, I think you, you are very measured in your approach, but you, you say the hard things that need to be said, but you do it in such a way that you can't help but listen. So maybe talk about that. Talk about your ideas about, I know we had you on Heretic Happy Hour. You talked about the self. I love all your ideas about like collective consciousness and mysticism and all that. So what does all that mean to you? Well, you know, what it's, what it's meaning more and more every day is, I'm waking up to the reality that I am divine. You are divine. We are divine. You know, we came into this whole journey, uh, not everybody, but, you know, only a certain group of us came into this journey. We came under the, I was born into a Christian environment. So I was told early on the Christian belief of how dirty, rotten, disgusting I was that, uh, well, actually, you know, I was okay until I got 13. So God liked me till I was 12. And then when I got 13, God started to hate me all of a sudden. I turned into this dirty, rotten, vile creature who God couldn't stand. And I needed to do something. Amen, brother. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, which is crazy all by itself. But what, what that did was it, it really took any possibility away from understanding our mysticism or understanding mysticism, our unity with God, our oneness with divine in our own divinity. Cause you know, it just made us feel like we were nothing. And then even once we did what was told of us that we needed to do to be something, we kind of still were told that we really aren't anything still. <laughs> so for me, you know, it just stopped making sense. And I started taking it really started too when i when i took a good look at jesus i took a real strong look at jesus i kind of let the, i, I kind of looked at him without the miracles without all yeah. of the you know the, the the jazz and pizzazz and I, I i i was captured one day by what i what i found in john chapter 17 where he, he's talking about this oneness that he's saying we have and then it hit me. He said this before the cross. Because I was always told, you know, until you have this cross experience, you're nothing. And then even after you have the cross experience, you're still not much. You're still <laughs> nothing. It's <laughs> still pretty much nothing. But he was saying this before the cross. And then I went, I started looking more closely to what else he was saying before the cross. He was talking about this love that, that, that the Father has for us, how... 
you know, God was with us, Emmanuel. I mean, all these things were popping up and it all was happening before the cross. And I said, wow, wait a minute. I think we've we kind of got a, a, a raw deal here. What if we've always been divine, but we just didn't know it? What if we've always been one and we just didn't know it? What if we've always been love beings and we just didn't know it? What if we've always been light beings and we just didn't know it? And so that kind of, you know, put me here. And I, I, I can't see it any other way now, basically, that this is who we are. Yeah. What if, what if the whole point in this whole thing, this crazy thing called life is just waking up to that knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. And that makes much more sense, right? If, if I like to use this example, <clears throat> let's say I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an heir or, or a son of Bill and Melinda Gates. Now I'm going to use the Gates because I know they're polarizing figures right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Because they're lizard lords and they're they're out to get you and the you know QAnon. He's got those. Come on, man! Don't be a sheeple, Kyle. Don't okay. be a sheeple. <laughs> Bill Gates is out to destroy us all. So yes. there's that. Okay, but anyway, I'm a happy son. I'm a proud son. <laughs> Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, and but I didn't know it. So I lived this life, and you know I struggled financially. I kind of much through this life and. Everyone told me I was worthless. Everyone told me I was no good. Everyone told me I didn't. I would never mount anything. And then one day, you know, I'm, I'm told, or I, I figure out, or, or I'm awakened to, hey, your parents are actually Bill and Melinda Gates. So I go ring their doorbell. They they welcome me in. Hey, son, you know, it's good to have you back and good to have you home. And and in those first few moments, I'm 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 cautious, right? I'm still acting the way I thought I was. And it still may take me some time to become aware who I really am. But once I finally get it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a son of Bill and Melinda Gates, then that changes everything. That changes everything. And I think that's kind of how it's, how it's been for us. We've always been, we just didn't know. And it just took us some time to become aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does take time. And, it, and it's, um, it's one of those things, like anytime you talk about kind of this waking up, this deconstructive process, it's like people want formula and people want uh, like, like almost like a 12 step program. And it's just not like that. It's different for everyone. Like when Richard, Rohr, when Richard Rohr talks about the second half of life, it has nothing to do with age. Um, it just has to do with like a different way of seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's just what people need to get. Um, so, how do you how do you manage all that on the one hand, and then on the other hand, and maybe it's always been like this, but it just seems like we are in a extremely polarizing and divisive time. Yeah. So when you talk when you talk to folks, they want to take you know polar opposite views on one thing. If you're not with us, you're against us. This kind of like draw a line in the sand. On every issue, it seems, um, and on and on multiple issues. So, how do you how do you manage that world that you're living in that you you like awakened to this divinity and then seeing other people who you would say are divine themselves, like you said, but are acting in such a way like it's it's like dog eat dog world, man. It's like you're you're if you're not with me, like you're dead. You're dead to me. Yeah, you know, there's there's people who. 
at least on the surface, and I'm not judging anyone here with this statement, but there's people who, at least on the surface, seem to have deconstructed, seem to have awakened, seem to have, um, you know, become aware of, of, you know, who they really are. But they seem to still be pretty divisive. They, they seem to talk about, um, you know, let everyone be themselves and let everyone discover who they are and we're all one and love, love, love. But then it seems like they still kind of, you know, play around with some of this stuff that doesn't quite represent what they say they believe. And I was observing this from the outside and, and thinking, why is that? Now, again, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just being an observer. And I, I was wondering, why is that? And I said, I think it's because as we're going through this process, even the more we become awakened or enlightened or aware, uh, I think we still have to make choices to unattach ourselves emotionally from some of the things that still drive us emotionally. And for me, it was religion. It was things in the theological environment, you know, growing up in church, being a pastor, being, being uh, kind of programmed to have to be right and to be the teacher and to be the one with the revelation. I, I, I realized that even though I was awakening, even though I felt I was more aware, even though I felt like everyone was already okay, i.e. saved or whatever you want to call it, I still felt that I was trying to control the narrative. So I had to realize that I needed to, to kind of remove my emotional attachment from trying to be the voice and just be a voice and let everyone else be a voice as well and have this confidence on the inside that eventually, just like I have and just like so many others have, I believe we'll all get there. And I just, I just came to a place of peace and saying, hey, just let it play out and let's let let everyone get there as they will. Yeah. Do you, do you see, do you see there, there being some sort of, um, I don't know, awakening among people, even though it seems divisive all the time, do you see glimmers of hope? Oh yeah, I do. You know, the, I think this is consciousness that's always been here, but again, you know, we use the word awareness or awakening or whatever. This consciousness has always been here. And I think that like everything, let's let's look back in history for a moment. There's times in history where, let's say, slavery was okay. So there was this consciousness that slavery was okay, or you know, there was this at least this this belief here in the country and different parts of the world at different times that like slavery was okay. But then, uh, you know, this consciousness that's always been here, a few people started to awaken to the the idea that wait a minute, this is not right, and then that started to grow. And as that grew, the voices grew. And as the voices grew, the movements grew. And as the movements grew, it kind of brought us to the Civil War. And I'm not one who believes that there has to be chaos before there's, you know, before there's peace. I don't believe that that's the pattern it has to be. But it seems as if that's often the pattern that it is for, for, for most of us. And even if the chaos is just internal, there, there's some internal chaos that is breaking out inside of us. And once we go through that chaotic moment, then we're able to find the peace that's always been here. So I think that's kind of how I see it. A lot of people are kind of, you know, going through chaotic moments. And, and sometimes even it seems that collectively we're going through all these, you know, chaotic moments. But after the dust settles, I think we'll be fine. 
I really do. Because the consciousness is growing and, it, or, you know, more people are tapping into the consciousness that's of love and unity and peace and, and, and the respect for humanity. Things are changing. They really are, even though it may not really seem like it at times. Yeah. I think it's important too to like, you're right. Like look back on history. Like I think sometimes we just get caught up in our place and time. Right. And, and we've just say, Oh, it's like, this is the craziest time it's ever been. This is the worst time it's ever been. It's like, hold the fuck up for a second. Yeah, like exactly. like <laughs> Genghis Khan killed millions of people yeah, with, yeah. with swords and bows and arrows. Like exactly. it was not an efficient way to kill. And I mean, like, I mean, coronavirus is terrible. The bubonic plague killed a third of Europe. Like yeah. if a third of, if a third of humanity died, it would be billions. So let's hold on. Like, perspective is always good it doesn't diminish like the bad shit that goes on right like it doesn't diminish like the george floyds when you're talking about race stuff but right. if you took it if you look at the big picture it's it's got to be better for most people now yeah. i you don't want to rest there ever because there's always right. progress to be made there's always moving forward right. there's always injustices um that that we have to overcome Right. But it's important also not to always just sit here and say, oh, this is the craziest, worst time ever, because it simply is not. It's not. You know, there was a there was a, a plague, a, a a a virus that and I forget the name of it because I just saw this data the other day where. The shutdown or the, the, the you know, being asked to stay in your homes, they weren't asking you to stay in your homes. They forced you to stay in your homes. You could not go out. You know, so, you know, you put that into perspective, you go, oh, wait a minute. I mean, yeah, yeah, I may not have liked the time that I was kind of, you know, hey, stay indoors as much as you can. I may not have liked it because I'm a free going person. I like to be out, but at least I wasn't demanded to go to stay inside. And if I go outside, I might get arrested or shot or something. So, you know, perspective yeah. really does matter. It really does. Yeah, it it, it does matter. And it's... um. I don't know. It's all. It's always important to to look at that and 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 not be dualistic and say, well, just because it's better means we 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 are okay with it. You know, there's a, there's always yeah. there's always progress. It's all on the spectrum. You know. Yeah, it is. It is, and we are moving in the right direction. I really believe. I use racism or or slavery as a example, but there's so many other things that we've improved on. I mean, women's rights children's rights there was a day you can beat the hell out of your child and no one would say anything about it and if you didn't beat your child properly the neighbor would come in and join in the beating you know yeah. so things yeah. are improving things are getting better things are not as bad as they used to be and again yeah you're right we still got some ways to go and i do believe we're making that progress so yeah the analogy i use it's it's like it's like turning a huge ship you're not yeah. you're not going to turn it like on a dime no and no. And, and so the, the the scary part is that you might crash into something by the time it turns if you turn too late. Right. So there are there are instances where we got like climate change. Like right. I mean, we're on fire right now. I talked to my buddy who lives in Michigan and they can see that the smoke has come over the Rockies and they could see the effects of the smoke from the West. And he's in fucking Michigan. Wow. I mean, there there are like five tropical storms, hurricanes in the Atlantic right now. We're getting double hurricanes hitting. Like this shit is real. Maybe we turned the ship too late. And that's, that's my fear. I mean, yeah. we're, we're getting better. 
I mean, I, I think pollution is less than it used to be like during the start of the industrial age and shit like that. You look at cities like London and how disgusting they were right. uh, back in the day. I mean, we're not doing that as much anymore, but sometimes it's like, what worries me is like, damn, too, too little, too late. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to, when I was religious, when I was saved back then, um, <laughs> when a good I first... Christian man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When I was toting the line, um, I used to think when I first heard about climate change, I, I thought, man, God would never let that happen to the world. You know, God is in control. And, you know, I, I because I, I also grew up in an environment where science was a no-no. So anything scientific, you, you avoided that because it was a no-no. It was only out to disprove God. It was only out to, you know, prove evolution and, and things that was anti-creationist and you know, that whole thing. So when I first heard of the term uh, global warming, I thought, come on, guys, you know, you're, you're really stretched here. God would never let that happen to the planet, this, that, and third. Well, <laughs> I no longer believe that, but in New Jersey, I grew up in New Jersey and our winters were brutal. Maybe not as bad as Chicago in that area, but it was still bad. You know, we're talking feet of snow at a time, very cold for long periods of time, basically from November to March, sometimes even to April. It was just winter, pure winter. Last year, last winter, this very last winter, the total accumulation of snow we received here in New Jersey was less than two inches. For the entire winter, the entire winter. So, I mean, you can't help but say, "Well, something's going on here." <laughs> right, right, and I and I, I have I have people I know in my family who are like, "I don't remember all these fires." Like, and I'm like, "No, we didn't have these fires like this." And they, they, they still deny it. They're like, "No, the yeah. climate change isn't real." I'm like, "But you just said it was." Like, you just, right. <laughs> You just said I don't remember having all these fires. I don't remember six months straight without rain. Like, right? What? Come on. <laughs> Neither do I. So something's happening. Something's <laughs> happening. Exactly. Well, man, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have? Uh, are you ever writing any books or anything? Because I think if you're not, you should. Well, I haven't, and man, I've been motivated and inspired sporadically here and there just to, to kind of do one you know it, it, there's some at sometimes i think matt that i'm happy that i haven't yet because i'd have to go back and probably make a lot of apologies for what i would have wrote oh yeah ago. oh yeah yes that's that's the that's the plight of a, of a writer my friend right <laughs> like did i write that i mean sometimes i'll, I'll see a post that someone will share and you know how memories pop up on Facebook. So someone will oh, yeah. share a, a old memory of two of two years ago, or even sometimes a year ago of mine, and I'll think, "Did I say that? Like, <laughs> can you please take that down <laughs> before somebody <laughs> sees it today?" <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I I do think about it sometimes, and, and I probably will. I have no idea what it would be about today, but I probably will one day. Yeah. But people can still get a hold of you and follow you because you do a lot of stuff on social media, right? Yeah, a lot of stuff on Facebook primarily, a little bit on Instagram, YouTube, but mostly on Facebook. All right. Do you have, do you have a website people can check out? KyleLButler.com. 
Perfect. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. All right. We'll catch you out there. All right. Love you, bro. Be good. Well, Kai, I love you too, man. I love what you're doing. I love that you're out there, putting yourself out there. I, I, I love the story you, uh, of where you came from and the places you're going. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this, you want to check out Kyle's um, interview on Heretic Happy Hour. It's, uh, it's an episode called The Self. You can just go to heretichappyhour.com and keyword search Kyle Butler or The Self. Great interview. Uh, he lays out some of his, you know, deconstruction story as we do with all of our guests on Heretic Happy Hour. And so, to Kyle, thank you so much for coming on this show. Uh, you've now been graduated, man. You graduated from a heretic to an apostate. So, much love. <laughs> much love to you. Anyway, let's get into something today. Let's get into uh, let's get into some of that gay shit. Um, let's get into the LGBTQ question, because um, I don't know. It's always been since I've been doing my thing on social media, since I've been uh, doing my thing as a writer. Uh, sorry, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying a little uh, vodka and lemonade. It's it's lovely amidst the ash and and smoke outside. Uh, but since I've been doing my thing, I've, for some reason I have a heart for the LGBTQ community. And I don't say for some reason. I mean, like, I have a lot of gay friends. I have a lot of bi friends. And, and, and they're an oppressed group historically. Uh, they've been marginalized. So, you know. But for some reason, like, they stick out as someone that I write about a lot. I talk about a lot. And I wanted to do that here. Um, recently, I was on a podcast called the Failed Kingdoms Podcast uh, with Ari Spivey. I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, and I had a little uh, debate-like situation with Cody Cook, who does not affirm the LGBTQ community. And it was it was funny because I wasn't prepared to talk to, to Cody. I know he had he had made like a YouTube video about Heretic Happy Hour and uh, like clapping back a little bit, I guess, on some things we said early on in the podcast years ago. And so I kind of knew his name. And I was like put into this situation where <laughs> I wouldn't say I wasn't prepared. Like I was prepared to talk about LGBTQ. Uh, I just didn't know the setting was going to be like it was. And from what I heard, I, I did a fine job. Um, but it wasn't like a debate debate. It was just like kind of a, well, what about this? And and that kind of thing. And yeah, it was fun. So I, I might actually think about doing a debate someday, like an official debate where I prepare and you got like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, rebuttals and all that kind of shit, Q&A afterwards. But I don't know. But it was a fun conversation. Like, even though Cody disagreed, even though Ari was kind of agnostic about it, like it was cordial. It was super respectful. And um, yeah, it was one of those things. Like, I would do it again. I, I, I felt like the conversation could have gone on for like three hours because there was a lot of shit that I didn't get to say and I wanted to say, and I think one of the, one of the things that, I mean, you know, I, so I covered like, first off, like, listen to gay people. If you aren't sure if you want to affirm LGBTQ, like listen to them, get to know them. Don't place a judgment on it. Don't place a label on it. Don't say it's good or bad. Just listen to them with empathy, be compassionate, um, like actually get to know them. Like put the Bible aside for a second uh, and, and just get to know people. Uh, that's that's where I started. 
And then we got into the Bible because that's what it's all about. And and Cody made an interesting point. At one point, he was like, emotionally, I want to say it's okay. And to me, that, but, but I can't, right? But I can't because the Bible or what I think of natural law or whatever. But to me, it's like, emotionally you want to because you want to affirm it because it seems right because it is like go with your gut sometimes i feel like sometimes in the christian church or religious people in general like we don't trust our gut like we don't trust any feelings like we're we're told that feelings are bad and feelings are misleading and feelings are fleeting and all that and they can be to some degree they totally can be like they totally can be but we shouldn't swing the pendulum so far that we mistrust all of our feelings completely. Just throw them out the window. I don't care what I feel in my heart. I'm going with what the Bible says. I'm going with natural law. It just doesn't make sense that a that a dick can go in an ass and that doesn't make babies, so fuck it. Like, <laughs> And I'm hyperbolizing, but you get the point. Like, sometimes it's just like, I, it doesn't matter if you get it, you know, like, your feelings are there to help guide you in some degree. Like, like you see gay people, they're doing the same thing as straight people. Like they're struggling with the same things. They're happy about the same things. They're sad about the same things. They fight about the same things. They go have the same interests. (laughs) Like what is the big fucking deal? Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, get it and 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 honestly like frankly i (laughs) i don't care what the bible says i really don't i don't give a shit if the bible even did say that being gay is bad like stop for one second the bible does not condemn slavery it doesn't so Like, maybe the Bible doesn't get it right all the time because if it did, we all recognize slavery is horseshit. Fuck slavery and fuck racism. But the Bible does not put it in so many words. Yes, you can exegete the scriptures and have a Christological uh, hermeneutic and say, yeah, it does condemn slavery in a roundabout way. I, fine, totally. Love your neighbor. You can't have a slave if you love your neighbor. Got it. I agree. But... It does not out and out condemn slavery. In fact, it tells you how to treat your slaves. A step in the right direction, sure. But, 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 come on. Okay, so the Bible is not our moral guidebook for every situation in life, including if two dudes or two girls or binary people or bisexual, but whatever, whatever. If they want to have a relationship in the same way straight people want to have a relationship, what's the problem? Honestly, what is the problem and who is being harmed? There were some points brought up in the debate about like, well, not everything that we feel is right is right. Because if we feel like touching kids or if we feel pedophilia is this and that, or if we feel, yeah, okay, we can have those slippery slope, straw man, red herring, logical fallacies. We can play that game all day long. 
And yeah, some people's feelings like are shit. Yeah, I felt like I should murder these 20 people. <laughs> okay, well, your feelings are fucking shit. But what, what does that have to do with anything that gay people are doing? It has nothing. What harm are gay people doing by hooking up? I'm not saying prom- promis- promiscuously. I'm not saying that. There's harm in that. There's dangers in that, gay, straight, or otherwise. If you don't know who you're hooking up with, like, obviously, you might get some 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 bumps that you don't want. <laughs> you, might, you might have some issues to deal with later. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, what harm are they causing by being in a loving gay relationship? I will say this. The guy who runs my website is married to another man. He and I like contact each other all the time professionally and personally like he runs my website so i talk to him all the time about hey let's do this let's update this let's make sure this gets on the site hey we got to pay for you know the domain and then it's like hey man how you doing because you you develop personal relationships with people you work with professionally and i'm telling you right now like his relationship is just a relationship it's the same as me and my wife's. Hey, what, if, if I talk to him, hey, what are you struggling with? Oh, this and that, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Kids, blah, blah, blah. Ah, that, jobs, da, da, da. It's the same fucking thing, dude. I mean, listen. Like, they're not doing anything. There's no gay agenda. The gay agenda is a human agenda. Like, what do I got to do with life? How do I got to pay my bills? How am I going to raise my kids? Oh, shit, I got laid off. How am I going to find another job? That's the gay agenda. Just like the straight agenda. <laughs> it's just fucking being a human being and figuring out life. I'm telling you, if you don't affirm the LGBTQ community, you got to get to know people without an agenda. Yourself, you got the agenda. If you don't affirm them, you, you got the anti-gay agenda because your book says, or this plead to natural law. I don't get that. I honestly don't understand natural law. Like gay people are in existence that naturally occurs in the natural world so i don't understand oh well they can't they can't make babies well who gives a shit are we really gonna say like we're in the third century or second century that that sex is first and foremost about procreation i i don't think human sexuality is only or even primarily about procreation I have one kid. That means I had sex one time that led to a kid. And I don't want to brag or nothing, but I had sex a lot more times than that in how many how many years? 16 years of marriage, you feel me? <laughs> I've had sex at least 15 more times. <laughs> no, on my birthday too. No, but you you know what I'm saying? Like most of the time you are not having sex to have a kid. Unless you unless you're Mormon. <laughs> unless you're mormon or catholic or some shit i'm just fucking with you but you know what i mean like human sexuality is so complicated and so much more than than procreation i mean it, come on come on this is silly i mean you get a blowjob right are, are, are you are you planning on getting getting someone pregnant when you get a blowjob when you go down on a girl, you're like, oh, this is, we're going to be making a baby tonight. No, 
Stop it. Natural law. Do you know how many... Do you know how fucking weird... How weird the natural world is? Like, there are species that go from male to female depending on the circumstance. And there are quote-unquote homosexual relationships in the wild. Like, that just happens. Male and male. Female and female. Something like 4,000 species are gay or have gay partnerships. I'm And, and I'm, don't take my words literally. I don't mean they're actually gay. I just mean, you know what I mean. There's same gender sex going on. So, stop with the natural. And, wait, actually, don't stop with the natural. Go on with the natural. And let me tell you this. Let me just tell you this. There is a such thing as a prostate orgasm. And if you don't know your basic anatomy and physiology, the prostate is in the asshole. Well, it's not in the asshole. It's in the rectum. It's up there. It's a gland. And and people can have a prostate orgasm. Males. Females don't have a prostate. So, like, use your imagination. So, what, what do you mean natural? Like, that means if something goes up there and stimulates the prostate in such a way, it's going to feel good. And if God made shit, that means God put it there for, <laughs> for a reason. He put it there for you to play with. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying you can't use the natural law argument unless unless you plan to <laughs> I don't I don't even know. I'm kind of at a loss for words on on the natural law argument. That that doesn't make any sense to me. The biblical argument also doesn't make any sense to me. For one, it doesn't matter what the Bible says on a lot of stuff. It's wrong on a lot of things. It's wrong. I'm sorry. It's wrong. And it argues with itself. It tells you it's wrong. It corrects itself. Different authors, different writers, different redactors correct things that are in what we call the Bible. There are arguments. There are debates. So you can't even like appeal to the Bible intellectually and honestly because it says a lot of shit that, that it disagrees with later or at different times. And even if it was like this unified voice... I'm so, I, I have I have no evidence in all of my studies that there were what we would call uh, loving gay relationships that it condemns. It just doesn't. It condemns certain sexual acts between males. That is not the same as gay. You have to become much more nuanced in the way you approach modern concepts. Just because two dudes have sex does not mean like they are sociologically gay. Like it, it is much more complex than that. In the ancient world, older dudes tended to fuck younger boys coercively. That's reality. Like, does the Bible condemn that? I'm pretty convinced it does. And even any, you know. Even if there are like things outside of that context that it condemns, like, so what? So what? Am I violating love God and love neighbor by affirming gay people? No. Am I sinning by affirming gay people? No. How? Point to me in one verse or one chapter or one 
and, and, and make a case. I dare you. I fucking dare you. Like, it just, I, you know, it's not going to happen. Because everything's in a context, and everything in the ancient world is not in the context of, for example, two loving gay people who want to spend their lives together. That's never the context. Ever. And even if I'm wrong about that, I'm still going to affirm gay people. Because in my gut, it feels right. It feels right to, to affirm people regardless of what my beliefs are. And if I was in their situation, I would want them to affirm me. So this whole do unto others as you would want to have them do unto you kind of seems apropos. If I were a gay man, I would certainly want to be affirmed. If you, listener, are gay, you would want to be affirmed. So, therefore, affirm them. You're not doing anything wrong just because you got the same working parts. If I'm doing something, that that's what changed my mind the most. Because I, I was raised in a household that said, gay is bad, straight is good. Gay is of the devil, uh, straight is of God. And when I got to my thinking years, <laughs> once I was able to think rationally and critically, I had to look at it and say, if what I'm doing with a woman is fine, how is it sinful if I did exactly the same thing with a man? That shit literally makes no sense to me. It literally makes no sense to me. So either I have to be celibate <laughs> or I have to say if two dudes are doing what me and my wife are doing or me, what, what, what me and my fiance are doing before she became my wife, I, I, I got to affirm them or I can't affirm myself. That's 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 a simple answer right there. And that's what changed it for me. How can I say what they're doing is bad if I'm doing the same thing and it's good? See, it's more about behavior than who's doing it. It's more about it's more about what you're doing than who you're doing it with. And I know people like to make the award about pedophilia. I'm not even going to entertain that because a, it's a logical fallacy, and I don't entertain logical fallacies. And B, there is a huge difference between two adult men or two adult women and an adult and a kid. And if you can't see that, you might be fucking stupid. You, you just might. And, you know, I'm not that interested in talking to you. <laughs> I hate to be an asshole. I hate to be an asshole, but... You know, and I'm just not interested in talking to you. So, you can go You can go figure that out on your own if, if you don't know the difference. So, that, that, that's, that, that's my story and I'm going to stick to it, y'all. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to affirm the LGBTQ community and I'm going to implore that you do the same. Honestly, like not affirming them is going to be in the dustbin of history. If it isn't already, it's going to be pretty quick. We're going to get past this bullshit of excluding people because of who they fuck, who they fall in love with, what parts they're working with. Go fuck yourself. Like, this shit is outdated. Over it. Done. 
move on. Because here's the, here's, the, here's the last thing I'll say. If you are not affirming of gay people, at least shut the fuck up about it. Because I guarantee that you are doing some shit that you would also call sin and you would condemn. Case in point, Jerry Falwell Jr. and the pool boy and his wife and some other shit like Ravi Zacharias and some emails that were leaked about him grooming someone 30 years his younger who I believe was married and he was married and that other motherfucker in Georgia who had a male escort who was like fucking 30 or 40 years younger than him and the list goes on and the list goes on and the list goes on and so you know there's this whole Jesus saying about worrying about the plank in your eye and not the speck in your brothers so clean off your own porch before you start worrying about other people's neatly decorated <laughs> classy gay porch <laughs> Just shut the fuck up about it. Because you seriously need to worry about your own shit. Because if you're like me, you got your own shit. If you're like me, you're doing some shit that you shouldn't be. And you need to worry about that first. Got it? Got it, people? Got it, sheeple? So, you know. But I still affirm gay people. Because it's the right thing to do. Because if, uh, if I asked them, how do I love them? They would tell me that. So that's how I'm going to love them. And I'm going to trust them on that. And it feels right. So if it feels right, sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's right. If you got the right heart, you got the right like lens, you're trying to do the right thing. Typically, we're not pieces of shit in the Augustinian original sin type of way. If we're oriented, our, orienting ourselves in the right direction, trying to do good, trying to do right, trying to do lead from the heart, do the right thing. And it feels right. It's probably okay. I think we kind of know if we're like, oh, my feeling. Well, you know, if they led you in the wrong direction, maybe your posture, your angle was wrong. You kind of know when you're fucking up and you're just, you know, you know when it's right and wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. And this feels right. And, and I'm trying to do the right thing. Because again, if I were gay, I'd want to be affirmed. If you're gay and you're listening, you'd want to be affirmed. So ergo, pretty simple. And if you still have Bible questions, hit me up. Send me a message on Facebook. Check out my debate with uh, Cody Cook. Um, I got lots of resources. I have a chapter in Heretic. That's $3.99 on Kindle. Keith Giles uh, also has a bunch of resources on his blog on Pathios. I know there's a ton of resources out there. Eric Raton, uh has a book. What the fuck is the name of it? Um, well, shit. Can't remember. God damn it! What is the book? Ah, the Triumph of Love. That's what it's called. The Triumph of Love. It's on Whippenstock, I believe, or Cascade. Um, he's got a great book. There's plenty of resources that address the philosophical and biblical arguments. At the end of the day, though, I think it comes down to your heart and your gut. So go with that. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Who am I going to talk with? I think I'm going to be talking with 
Dr. Reverend Katie Valentine, another co-host of the Heretic Happy Hour. She's got a book on Pauline sexuality. Wow, wow, wow. And I think we're going to get into 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, um, and talk about some shit up in there. And and uh, yeah, she's a great scholar, a great speaker, a great communicator. And we're so happy to have her on the Heretic Happy Hour. So we're going to bring her over to Apostates Anonymous and see if we can't pick her brain on Paul and sexuality and what's going on in the Corinth church. And we'll do that next time, hopefully. And if, and if we can't schedule it, I'll uh, find someone else or I'll just go solo. I'll ride solo. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting. If you want to donate $1 a month, that is $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash mjdistefano. Just bite the bullet. Click over there. It takes five seconds. Put in your credit card information. You'll be billed $1 a month and it'll help support content like this one. You'll unlock good stuff on there uh, that once you unlock, you can check it out. But I've got blog entries. I've got PDFs. I've got videos if you bump up to the $5 tier. So it's worth your time. It's worth mine. Win, win, win situation. Love y'all. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.